All right, it's recorded. All right, good deal. And you can just move that out of the way. So that'll record on here and on there. All right. But you're going to send me that one through email. All right. The one from Audacity. Okay. I'll show you how to do that then, uh -huh. too. All right, it's recording. All right. All right, good deal. Hopefully, you guys, all right, hopefully all right. this is good because I'm, like, pretty far back. Could you hear me good, though? Yeah, you'd be fine. Yeah, yeah right. I can hear you. All right, you guys good to go? Yeah. All right. All right, so welcome back to the baseline on episode six today. We got Savani back with us this week and Eddie Montanez, I, of course, in Cam Britt. And we are going to get started with a uh, I've seen on MLB Network some top 10 lists. Um, we're going to start with center field. Let's go there. I mean, I think that's a good spot to start with. So what do you guys think? I mean, Mike Trout's obviously number one. I mean, there's no question about that. Byron Buxton at two. Is that a solid? What's your take? I think that's honestly a good number two. I like I said in the last podcast, when the guy's healthy, I think he's an MVP candidate in the AL. But when he's not healthy, I don't think they should have put him two. Obviously, because he got hurt towards the end of the year. I think, in my opinion, Julio should have been two, and then maybe put Buxton at three. But I definitely think that the top three is definitely what it should have been. You could, Chuck's definitely number one, but you could have put Bucks to two or three, and then J Rod two or three. And I think the rest of the list is honestly pretty pretty solid. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely see Buxton being second on the list. Um, insanely fast, good hitter, um, good outfielder, obviously. But like you guys said, with Buxton and J Rod, you can probably interchange them between two or three. My opinion, I'd probably put J Rod two just because he's young. He's playing like an absolute animal right now, and then like Buxton three, just for the same same reason. To be honest with you, they have Strimsky way too low on this list at nine. I think he should be at least six or seven. I think he he had he had a really good year last year, and I think this year he's gonna just do even better. I, I mean, what's your take on your Strimsky and Chaz McCormick at ten? I honestly think you. I honestly think that Harrison Bader should have made the list over Yastrzemski and McCormick, because I think Bader didn't play much of the year last year, but he showed what he could do in the playoffs for the Yankees. And I think that if he stay healthy, if he could stay healthy this year, the Yankees outfield could be very, very scary, especially with him in center because he has a lot of pop in his bat, and he has a, and he has very, and he has very good speed. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think Yastrzemski should be on the list. He's a great outfielder. Um, Chas McCormick, obviously, good outfielder. Helped the Astros pretty well in postseason and the World Series. I I don't know. I I feel kind of comfortable with him sitting seven or eight. Or, yeah, seven or eight. You just don't hear I don't think too, too much about him all that much. What was that? Yeah. I don't think Chaz should be in, in at 10, though. I think there's better center fielders than him. Maybe I can agree with that well. next man. I mean, he was he was good all year. Came up in the postseason, really played well. Showed why he's one of the better center fielders in the league. Um, I also like Michael Harris and Brian Reynolds being on the list too. Brian Reynolds being on the Pirates, there's absolutely nobody really there except him. He 
kind of helped him out all year. Power back, good outfielder. Um, definitely think he deserves to be on the list. I don't know if I put him. Was it six? Yeah. I don't know if I put him that high, but I think he definitely deserves to be on there for what he's doing for the Pirates this year. I don't know. I feel like him and Michael Harris are kind of interchangeable at five and six. Yeah. I feel like one could have like a really high batting average or like high fielding percentage, but at the same time, it's like. It really depends on a lot of things, to be honest with you. With Nemo at four, I like that one a lot. The same with him and J-Rod. I mean, they're interchangeable at three and four. I think Nemo is a solid player all around. I, I think it'd be a little disrespectful to J-Rod at four, in my opinion. Kid played absolutely insane all year. I definitely think that J-Rod's better than Nemo. I definitely do think Nimmo's top five in the league, though. I think, I think Nimmo has the, I think Nimmo has the edge over Harris. I've seen a lot of people saying that Harris should be over Nimmo. Uh, Harris did have one hell of a year last year, but so did Nimmo. And I guess we'll have to see what this list could do this year because there's a lot of very talented center fielders on this list, and I'm excited to see what all of them can really do this year. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Michael Harris came out this year; was an absolute stud. Um, yeah, I mean, he definitely probably outplayed Nimmo this year. I'm not saying Nimmo doesn't serve to be on the list either. But I mean, just for how young Michael Harris is, rookie year coming out, I mean, he really tore it up. Do you want to move over to right fielders? Now, this is a list that I disagree with a lot. So, Judge at one makes a lot of sense. Mookie at two, yeah, not a huge fan, to be perfectly honest with you. I think Kyle Tucker should be at two. And Mookie bats at three. Harper, now this is from a Phillies fan standpoint here. Harper should not be on this list because he's DH. He's been DH. Like, he hasn't played right field since, like, two years ago. So it's like, why is he in with the right fielders? He should be on the DH list. Because we don't know how good his arm is going to be when he comes back. He could never play right field again. Yeah, but, I mean, I guess by definition, he's still considered a right fielder, even though he's been DH and... Yeah, but I mean, you're, you're right to an extent. I mean, I, I can see why they would put him on the list, but I feel that like yeah. knocks whoever is 11 on this list, like knocks them right out because he's going to be an automatic pick for right field, even though he's not really playing right field. I, I don't know, it just kind of sucks. <coughs> but yeah, let's hear. Uh, do you think Buki Betts is at two on your list? Like, I'd probably put him three, in my opinion. I mean, Mookie's Mookie. He's always bad, always probably will be Mookie, but I you just didn't really hear a ton about him this year as of past years. You said Kyle Tucker, too. Probably put Kyle Tucker, Mookie. I don't know. I'd probably bring Teoscar up from, was it eight? I, I'd probably bring him up. I mean, he's definitely a solid right fielder as well. Uh, I think, honestly, Mookie does deserve that number two because last year wasn't one of his best years, obviously, but every year before that was just stellar. MVP candidate every year. Like, Absolutely. guy's a beast. I don't think you could really knock him for just one bad year. I think he's, I think he's the second best right fielder in baseball besides Judge. Tatis at nine uh, is just... Like madness, it's Fernando Tatis. Jr. I don't understand that at all. It's Fernando Tatis at Jr. All. 
No, it doesn't. The fielding might not be there yet, but the bat's just insane. Number nines, there's no way, and coming from a Mets fan, there's no way that Starling Marte should be above Tatis. And no. um, I like what Cam said about Tucker going up in the list. I definitely think he should be number three. Tucker is a hell of a player. I think, honestly, this year he could be an MVP candidate. He won it. He, he was almost one last year. He had kind of a down pass at the beginning of the year, but at the end, he really tore it up. And especially in the playoffs in that World Series, he was really good. Uh, I think this list is actually all right. I just, that Tatis at nine is just not like realistic honestly yeah i mean i think the, i think the list is there it's a lot of the right names i just don't think they're in the right order it's kind of like they just threw it together to be perfectly honest with you like name a bunch of right fielders for the mlb hunter, hunter renfro at 10 he's a good baseball player i don't think he should be on the top 10 in my opinion i don't know if you i don't know if that's a hot take or not but i mean like I said, he's a good player. I just don't think he's top ten at this moment. I could think of two different, two other guys that are better than Hunter Renfro. To be perfectly honest with you, I just it shocks me that this list, like like Eddie said, and and you were saying about Tatis being at nine, that is astounding. Like why? Why do you have him so low? I guess he didn't play a game in a while, but I mean, he Which comes back. I think he's going to be because they were saying was, they were going to have Matt in left, possibly. I didn't hear anything else yeah. about he might be in right field. That's why I don't really quite understand why he's on the right fielder. Yeah. I do like Hunter Renfro at 10, though. Because I feel like Hunter Renfro is a real, real good baseball player. And I think that uh, him in right field and a judge next to him in uh, Los Angeles is going to be real good. And then whoever they decide to throw in left will be. Uh, a mystery as of right now, I think. But I think Renfro and Trout's a very solid start to the Angels outfield as of right now. Do you think uh, Acuna Jr. and Springer are interchangeable at five and six there? Because I, I think I think you could drop Acuna Jr. down to seven, maybe even because his postseason was not good. I mean, I would say that's to keep Acuna six or seven. Um, it just kind of sucks for him because the past year or two he's been struggling with some injuries that definitely affected, you know, how everyone thought about him. I mean, I still think he's one of the better players in the league, better hitters, better young players. He's just having a hard time with them injuries. So we'll move on to relief pitchers now. Edwin Diaz at number one. I don't know if I really agree with that. Um, yeah, I'm not entirely sure. I don't know. I like this it's list very a lot. Debatable. I don't think that, I couldn't think of anybody else that I could put on here except number nine, Jason Adam. I not being a biased as a Yankees fan, but Clay Holmes had a really good year. Uh, That's what I'm saying. Like the disrespect that they're giving both the Yankees and the Phillies. I think Sir Anthony had a fantastic off like postseason there. But the disrespect yeah. that they're giving us. Uh, I don't know. I think uh, uh, Felix Batista from the Orioles should be on here. The guy had a 2.1 ERA, about 15 saves. He had 
He had more saves and a higher ERA than Andres Munoz, who's number seven on the list for the Seattle Mariners. And I also think Josh Hader not being on this list is an absolute... Yeah, yeah, it's bizarre. Is absolute anarchy. Yeah, he had a 5.22 ERA last year, but look what he did to the best yeah. hitters. Look what he did to the best hitters in baseball last year. Look what he did in... That's what I mean. I'm, look what he did I'm a big fan of Josh Hader to begin with, too. I, I couldn't believe he wasn't on here either, but I know he did struggle after his trade, but... I don't think that I don't think that deserves to knock him out of the top ten, in my opinion. Like you were saying, yeah. do you think he was better in Milwaukee? Absolutely. Than he was with the Padres. Yeah, maybe like that hurt him towards the end of the year. I don't know. I don't I know. He might have his comfort zone going to going to San Diego. I don't. Maybe maybe he hit his his strides in uh, Milwaukee better. Same with Soto. Find out this year. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. The, the lists are not looking too sweet. But if we were to make our own lists, let's start with the top three. Let's go. Let's do only three players. So top three right fielders right now. Zvani, you start. Obviously, we got to put Judge number one. I mean, he's he's an animal. Like we said, I mean, Judge, Mookie, and Kyle Tucker probably be my top three. Slip, or, uh, swap Kyle Tucker and Mookie Betts to two or three, however you want. I definitely think those are three in the league right now. Well, you, Eddie? Uh, I agree with Zavani with uh, Judge number one. Pretty sure everyone will have Judge number one. 62 home runs, one of the best seasons we've all ever seen in our lives. Uh, I definitely w- would keep... Mookie at two. Guy's a stud. One bad year doesn't make up for what he did in the past, whatever, how many years he was in the league. The guy's a top three. In my opinion, he's a top five outfielder in the MLB all around. So I like him for number two. And then for number three, I'm going to go with, honestly, Acuna Jr. He's young. I like him a lot. That arm is just absolutely insane. And when he stays healthy, like just like Byron Buxton, when he stays healthy, he's a problem. He's a problem. So that's probably my top three right fielders in the MLB right now: Acuna, Betts, and Judge. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Oh, I mean, if if Acuna could come back to how he was before his knee injuries, I think I think he'll be easily top three next year. I'm gonna bump Mookie down to three and put Kyle Tucker at two. With Aaron Judge at one. Uh, I mean, that could be debated, but I just think that's... I think Mookie had a better year last year, obviously. Or uh, Tucker had a better year than Mookie last year. But that's what it is. So let's say your center fielders now. I mean, obviously, you got Mike Trout, number one. That's not debatable. Who's your two and three? So like you said, Trout, J-Rod, Buxton probably. I mean, if Michael Harris keeps performing the way he's been, I could see him at three next year. Oh, I definitely agree with Zavonchik. Trout's number one. Uh, I definitely like J-Rod number two. I think if the next coming years can make a case for number one, honestly, in that center field discussion. uh, Yeah, absolutely. Buxton number three, like I said in the last podcast and this one earlier, Buxton healthy is an MVP candidate. 
when healthy. He's an absolute beast. Best. He has a lot of speed, a lot of power. Just got to make up the play discipline a little bit, and he'll be really good. And, yeah, Trout, J-Rod, number two, and then Buxton, number three, is my top three center fielders. See, I'm thinking of a guy that has better uh, plate discipline, and that is Brandon Nimmo. I'm going to place him at number three, J-Rod number two, and Trout at number one. I think Nimmo is a better outfielder, or a better uh, hitter than Byron Buxton, perfectly honest with you. I think Buxton has the has the fielding over him. But at the plate, I think that's what matters most in today's game anyway. So. I just like Buxton in the top three for fielding just because of how fast he is. Like, he's insanely fast. So I think that yeah. helps defensively with him out there. And last but not least, we'll do the relief pitchers. We already know who Eddie's number one is, but that's fine. Let's hear him. Yeah, go first. I'm going to go a little weird here. I'm going to say Colossae number one, Diaz two, and Yohan Duran number three. Well, I was really out of order there. I was going. I like that. That's what I mean. I like the list. I'm not didn't say that the list was exactly in the order that I would put it, but I mean, obviously, Classe and Diaz came out this year, lights out in every aspect. I mean, Edward Diaz, obviously, one of the better, if not the best, reliever in baseball right now. Classe just came out this year. I have him at number one just for the fact that he was just dominant all year. Nobody could touch him. He's pitching insanely hard, insanely fast. And Johan Duran's the same way. I mean, he came out this year, was lights out, throwing over 100-mile-hour pitches consistently. You know, getting a lot of really good outings out of it. I don't know. That'd be my top three. Um, Mike definitely likes the Vontrix list a lot. I would probably put Edwin Diaz one, obviously, and then Class A two. Honestly, think you can't go wrong with either one. Putting them both at one or two, I feel like they're honestly. Yeah. I feel like Edwin Diaz is the Emmanuel Class A of the National League. And Emmanuel Classe is the Edwin Diaz of the American League. I feel like they have the same pitches. They have the same same pitch speed. Like, they both top out at 103. I feel like they're really honestly the same picture, pitcher. And uh, I do like uh, Juwan Duran at three. He's throwing a 102-mile-per-hour splitter. That's literally insane. A 102-mile-per-hour off-speed pitch in the MLB is actually – Berserk. That disgusting. is literally disgusting. Yeah. That is insane. Yeah, he should be number three. He's going to make a case for number one this year, I'm telling you. He's going to be. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think all three of them guys can make a case for number one this season. I'm going to have to agree with both of you here. I mean, I would. I think Diaz and Classe are pretty interchangeable at the one spot. And. <sighs> You guys are forgetting about Devin Williams. I mean, he he had a he had a solid year last I, year. I like Devin Williams I mean, I a lot. I mean, he was definitely dominant as well. I I just like Johan Duran for the fact, like Eddie said, he's throwing 102 mile an hour off speed pitches. That's that's insane. Yeah, that's, that's, that's unbelievable. I don't think I'm beating those lists though, because I I really don't have a number three. Looking at this, I mean, if I were to really pick one, I would have to put Hater in there, but like he's not even on this list. So I mean, why should I put him at number three? Yeah. But, yeah, I definitely yeah. think Hater got snubbed. 
so we're going to go on to uh, our top five rotations going into this year and also our top five lineups going into this year, man. This is going to be a competitive competitive season, especially with the shift going away. I mean, the I Yankees think this got is big, be really big arms. The Phillies got really big arms. It is. I'm really looking forward to it. So we're going to start with Eddie. Give me your top five rotations in the league right now. Number one, it pains me to say this. I'm going to go with the Crosstown Rivals, the New York Yankees. That one through four yeah, is just absolutely insane. When you have Nestor Cortez being your three or four, that's just stupid. He was a Cy Young candidate last year. He's about to be a three or four on the New York Yankees. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, I'm going to go with the New York Mets. I feel like Verlander just won a Cy Young. Yeah, he's old, but he just won a Cy Young. Literally just won a Cy Young last year. Scherzer had a down year last year, which sucks because it was the first year we had him. But if he could come up and do what he did two, three years ago, what he did for the Nationals when they won their World Series, then I hope that, well, hopefully he could do it. And then that would be very good for us. And then Kodai Senga, I'm telling you, watch out for him. That ghost fork ball he throws is looks like a fastball in the last second it drops. And then Quintana and Carrasco, I think, is a good four and five for us. And then... For number three, I'm going to go with the Atlanta Braves. I think Strider and Freed are really, really good. And then uh, Kyle Wright being a number three will also help them a lot. And then the four and five for them, we'll just have to keep – we'll just have to – really just throw strikes and hopefully the lineup could do what they could do because they're on my top five lineups as well. And then number four, I'm going to go with the Blue Jays who have Kevin Gossman, Bassett, and Alec Manoa. That's a very, very good one through three. And then that lineup's also insane, so I think that rotation is going to be very good, especially with that lineup that could help them. Uh... Uh... Also go with the Guardians. Shane Bieber is very good. Tristan McKenzie's very good. And three three through five is decent. Hopefully they could find someone uh one of their prospects through spring training or find someone in spring like a old pitcher through free agency. I think they'll be very good because that lineup's also very good and that's and the Dodgers. As number five. Yeah, I mean, I definitely have the same list in a way. Uh, obviously, I, I'm going to say Yankees number one just because of the sure fact they signed Rodon. Like Eddie was saying, they have Nestor at four, they have Rodon two, you have Garrett Cole as your ace. That's that's a, that's a crazy rotation coming in. Um, Number two, I got the Mets. Again, it's their one through five is incredible. I mean, some of the best pitchers in the league on one rotation. It's it's insane. Uh, number three, I'm gonna go with the Astros. You got Christian Javier. You got Fran Valdez. I, I think I think they're gonna be decent again this year, pitching wise. Um, definitely. I mean, obviously they lost Verlander, but 
I don't think they're going to lose. Lost, though. I don't think they're going to lose much sleep over it. I think they're going to be able to pick it right back up where he left off. But um, <coughs> number four, I have the Braves. You know, Spencer Schreider, Shane Bieber. And like Eddie was saying, three, three through five isn't bad. Um, but, I mean, usually have Bieber, Tristan McKenzie on the mound. It's usually got a pretty good outing out of them. Um, number five. Number five, I can go with either the Phillies or the Dodgers. The Phillies? It's, really? I don't know, I'm, I don't know, I'm kind of torn on that one. I like Zach Wheeler, I like Aaron Nola. I, I don't think they have a terrible rotation. Like, obviously, I'm, I'm very surprised you put them in there. I'm not, many, I'm not sure too many people agree with me on that one, but. I'll agree with you. I want to change one my, uh, I want to change my number four and five, and I want to put the Astros because I don't know how I forgot about them. And number <laughs> five, I want to put the Rangers. Forgot about the Rangers because yeah. the Grom, Ooh. the Grom of all the yeah. Heine, Gray, and uh, Lopez are going to be a decent bullpen. So I forgot, I forgot about them and the Astros. So I'm definitely going to put the Astros and the Rangers on my list. Yeah, I think I'll I think I'll put Phillies five. I don't know. That might that might change Probably. tomorrow. Just that <laughs> at this current moment when I was when I was looking at I I like what I was looking at. Number four I'm gonna go with the Dodgers. I mean they got a pretty young young team out there, young rotation. And you have Dustin May, you have uh Urias, Urias, however the hell you say it. I mean you got you got some good guys out there. I think they're you got a pretty solid rotation going. I've been thinking about this. So either obviously you got to put the Yankees at number one. I mean that they're, they're that rotation is ridiculous. Now I was torn between the Astros and the Mets at two and three because I do think the Astros still have a really really good rotation, and the addition of Verlander and Senga to the Mets is that does that outmatch the Astros? And honestly. I don't think it does, and uh, in a sense, I don't think Verlander's gonna have many more years in him that he's gonna produce like last year or even years prior. That's the only reason I'm gonna put the Mets at three. Uh, for number four, young. I know, he's but like young last year, though. It's like he's not gonna yeah. produce, though. He's not gonna do as know. well I, as he's, he used to. I don't know. The Mets gave him two years, right? I think I think he'll get through the two year contract with the Mets and reevaluate it then, depending on how those two years go. Yeah. That's just my uh dumbass hot take right there. But and then for three, uh, or for four, I agree with the Dodgers. I think they're they have a really good rotation coming into this season. I think they made some good additions. Um and Clayton Kershaw is always like he, he could have a good year or a bad year. It kinda really like it's a roller coaster with that guy, but for number five, I'm gonna put the Padres in there. I think their rotation is solid. I think they have a good one through four. I think if they get another like a good five guy, either from their uh, from their farm system or they trade for a guy, I mean that's a dangerous rotation right there. I'm not too sure who they have pitching wise in their farm system right now. Yeah, I have no idea. No, that def- that's definitely. Definitely good rotation. Musgrove, Sale, Darvis. Definitely scary rotation. They carved the Mets, so. Definitely good 
Yeah, that, that Darvish is ridiculous, man. Everything, he has like, what, like 13 different pitches or some shit like that? He has a lot. That's I, I remember them saying that. He's, he's a wizard. I don't know what, what he's on. We'll go into the top five lineups in the league now. And Zorin, we'll start with you for this one, because I'm, I'm curious to see if you throw the Phillies in there again. Um, number one, I have the Mets. I, I don't know. I'm just liking what I'm seeing with them. Uh, number two, I have the Cubs. I think the Cubs are going to be a very big sleeper team this year with who they got in the offseason. Number two? I'm looking at right there. Number two? I'm looking at well, I'm not saying this is in any right. particular order. I, that's just the list I have. Cubs, I think definitely top five lineups coming into this year. I mean, they have they got a lot of good guys over the offseason. I think they're going to be they're going to be a force to be reckoned with this year. I mean, I think they're definitely deserving the top five lineups right now. At least um, what I'm seeing on paper. Uh, number three on my list, I have the Padres. Again, they always have a good lineup coming in every year. I mean, it's, I don't know, it's hit or miss with them. I mean, they got one Soto, one Soto, like, perform how they thought he was going to perform. I mean, Cronenworth, I mean, you got guys coming in. You got guys going out. I guess we'll have to see. Number four on my list, I have the Phillies, just for the sheer fact that they got Trey Turner in the offseason this year. I think he's definitely going to be it's a, not a of big help. <laughs> no, but I mean, Trey Turner getting signed with them for a huge, huge, huge contract. Again, you got Shorber, Harper, you know, Alec Bohm. That's that's not a bad, it's not a bad lineup. I mean, obviously the Mid-World Series this year or this past year. I don't know. I, I think it's looking pretty good, though. And number five on my list, they got the Astros. It's pretty self-explanatory. They're, they're insane bats. They're insane defense. I I like it. I mean, it's coming from a Yankees fan. I like it. Let's hear yours, Eddie. Uh, for my number one, this is an order I have written on. For number one, I have the Astros. I think that's – the light of going into the World Series was just disgusting already, and I think the fact that they signed Jose Abreu – is just going to boost that lineup even more. <clears throat> so I definitely think they're the best lineup in baseball. For number two, I have the Padres. One through five is very good. You have uh, you have Grisham, Tatis, uh, Bogarts, Soto, Jury. You have a lot of Machado and Machado too. Yeah, I forgot about him. So. Yeah, the Padres, I think they have the second-best lineup in baseball. I have the Blue Jays, who just signed Don Varsho from the Diamondbacks, so I think it's a very good bat. So I think they're going to have a good uh, – they have a very good lineup as well. I think the Guardians are four. That lineup is very young, and I think it's also very talented. I think the signing of Josh Bell is a very, very good pickup. And I think with Os- Oscar Gonzalez, J-Rem – uh, Stephen Kwan, you can't forget about their leadoff hitter. He's a beast. And uh, uh, 
Ahmed Rosario, too. So I think their lineup's also very good. And then the Braves, I have at my number five. I think Michael Harris obviously had a very good year last year. Albies is going to come back being good, hopefully. Well, not hopefully because he's in the least, but, but Albies will come back. You got Austin Riley, who had a hell of a year last year. You have Darno. You have – they just signed Sean Murphy for six years. I think they have a very good lineup as well. So, so that's my top five lineup. Strohs, Padres, Blue Jays, Guardians, and then the Braves. Yeah, I definitely think it was it was really tough to come up with five. I mean, there's I wanted to be I wanted to get the Cubs in there somewhere just because I've been like <laughs> what I've been seeing on paper from them all their signings. I think your guys are forgetting a team. Now this is in an order. This is not in order. Actually, no, I'll go in order. So number one, I'm gonna place the Mets because I it's like they're a powerhouse team. They would have been better if they had Correa. Glad they don't, because they're already that good. You just had to Number burn two. out. Uh, yeah, that shot. Rub it in, rub it in there for Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, I'm gonna go with uh, the Philadelphia Phillies, because I mean, the addition of Trey Turner really adds a bat to the lineup, man. They may not, they might not be the best defensive team, but they're gonna score a shit ton of runs this year. So they really don't need the best defense, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, for number three. I'm going to go with the Padres. I mean, I can't not mention the Padres on a podcast, apparently, because I mention them every week. But they're so good. Like, they are they're so good. Their defense and offense, it just produces every season since they had Machado. And then for number four, I'm going to put the St. Louis Cardinals. With, uh, yeah, I think that's a, that's a good one that you guys forgot. It's not bad. But I have them at four because I don't think the Astros have a better uh, lineup than they do. I think they have a better team, but not a better lineup. I would say the Astros have more of a power lineup than the Cardinals do. I think the Cardinals have a better contact lineup, like getting base hits, driving in a couple runs. I think the Astros definitely have a team to like go up there and you know take the game over, smash them, smash them homers out. I don't think the Cardinals would beat the Astros in a game or in a series. No, absolutely not. But I think, I mean, like, let's be honest there. The Cardinals have a very good lineup coming into next year. They do. So we mentioned a lot of free agents here. Uh, which teams made the best moves for you guys? I mean, let's hear some opinions on that. I'm going to say the Cubs, their lineup was not good last year. Not good, and their lineup this year is actually looking like they could put something together and make the postseason. So, I think the Cubs actually didn't honestly were the team that made the most intelligent and the best moves this offseason. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, the Cubs made some smart moves, they didn't go out there and spend every penny they had on their players, signed a lot of. Good, decent players to one or two year contracts, trying to get a lineup together. I, like I said before, like Eddie said, I think they're, I think they're gonna be a good team this year. I think they have a good chance of making it pretty deep. Um, lots to see how it goes. I mean, I definitely think they were smartest about it. I think the team that made the best moves and the most expensive moves were the Mets. 
their signings throughout this entire offseason were just it was ridiculous. They they made moves that no MLB team has ever made before, going up almost eight hundred million dollars. Like that's ridiculous. That is unheard of. I mean, granted, Otani's contract is going to be worth like five hundred million, but still, I mean, like the Mets. It was just ridiculous what they did. I can't get over that, especially because it's a division rival. I mean, but, I mean, good on you guys. And then for my second one would be, it'd be the Phillies or or the Yankees picking up Radon. I think that would be my number two. I would not be biased, but uh, I think the, the Yankees made a pretty good choice with not just picking up players. I think they made a smart choice by paying Judge his money, re-signing Rizzo, getting Rodone. I mean, I think that definitely adds a lot to their team coming into this year again. Um, I think that's going to help them a lot. Uh, honestly, I'm going to say a team that didn't – that really only signed one – big name, but also signed everyone on their team for so many years and for so cheap. I think the Braves, honestly, had the second best offseason besides the Cubs. They didn't sign anyone besides Sean Murphy in free agency, but you got to think. They signed Acuna, Strider, Harris, Murphy for so many years and for so le- for so cheap. They're going to be a dynasty for so long, and I honestly think that besides the Cubs, even though the Braves didn't go out and sign anyone big, they 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 know what they want to do. They figured out who they wanted to stay, and they they're gonna start their dynasty starting the season. Yeah, like I said before, I I think the Braves definitely have one of the best lineups in baseball right now. They have a really young team. They have a really good young team. I I, I agree with that. I mean, I definitely think it's gonna be. It's fun to watch them over the next five, ten years, see where everybody's at, see if everybody's still healthy, still around. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, that's like an underrated free agency offseason for them. I mean, they didn't, like you said, they only signed Sean Murphy, which is like the only big name that they really signed, but they got all those other guys for cheap. So their pitching rotation, I mean, I think it needs another guy or two, maybe. But other than that, I mean, they're pretty, they're pretty stacked. I don't think they're going to be much worse off than last year without Swanson. But a better offseason, I'd say. Yeah, I don't know, man. I just, I can't believe how low those guys are actually paid because, like, it feels like they don't know their worth in a way. You know what I mean? Like, they're young, so it's still like they have to proof to be in the league, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, who, would they, who would they pay? Strider or Freed or something like that? They played. They paid Strider like 66 mm-hmm. mil for like eight years, which is insane. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's and a ridiculous like, low contract. Harris, like, I want to say like nine maybe for like 97. Like, he should be making 100 mil in my opinion off the first year. Like, Julio Rodriguez yeah. just made how much? He made over 200 mil on his back. Like, yeah, somewhere around there, I think. They're just, I heard that they're taking advantage of them, but I don't really see it as taking advantage of them. I just see it being smart and offering them early because they know that they could be some. I feel like, 
I feel like, honestly, like, players, not in just the MLB and all sports, I feel like they shouldn't care about, like, in my opinion, like, 100 mil is enough to live a life. If you can make that and know that you're going to go out and win and win championship rings, because, in my opinion, all that really matters in the MLB is about a ring. A pennant doesn't matter. Nothing else matters besides that championship ring on your finger. And I feel like all of that, I feel like all the players, such as Strider, Harris, Acuna, uh, all the Murphy as well, all the players on the Braves know that if they can keep this team together, stay healthy, uh, create a chemistry like no other team has the MLB, they could win multiple championships over the next five to ten years. Yeah, because I know a lot of them guys that are on the Braves that they just resigned. Obviously, Strider and Harris weren't there the last World Series, but I mean, these are those are a lot of guys that have been playing together for. A good amount of time. I mean, good couple of years. So I think the chemistry's there. I think they just got to keep keep working on it. I mean, got to keep, got to stay healthy. Like Acuna has been having trouble. I know Albie's having some trouble. You, you got to keep, got to keep healthy. You got to keep these guys going. I mean, you don't want to pay them the money and just have them sit in the city IR all the time. Now, this isn't on our topic list. I just want to discuss it, though. So I saw a thing before we started saying that Otani, I mentioned it, Otani being paid more than $500 million in his next contract. Where do you think he's going to go, and how much do you think he's going to get paid for how long? Uh, I saw something that the Padres are, like, very, very interested in him. But, like, I'm not saying it's just because I'm a Mets fan, but we do have the best owner in baseball. Like, I heard that. (laughs) I heard that, uh, they want him, they want Otani and Machado. And I'm pretty sure that all of us know that Steve Cohen would do that. He don't care about money. I'm pretty after, sure. After seeing this free agency, yeah. I, I think he would yeah, I spend as much as he wanted. I'm pretty sure we all know the guy does not give one F about money. So I'm, sh- I'm not saying that he's going to be a Met, but I'm saying for sure that he's going to be in the conversations with the Mets. I'm saying the Los Angeles Dodgers got to be in the conversation, of course. Just how, how much money they have. But in my opinion, I think that he's honestly either going to be a Dodger, Met, or uh, what, what did I just say? A Padre. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with you on that one. I think he's, he's probably more likely staying in California somewhere. Is it going to be the Dodgers or is it going to be the Padres? Um, I know I heard a lot about the Dodgers were very interested in them. But, I mean, they picked up some some people in the offseason. Uh, I don't know how much is that that's really going to kill the the spending habits for next season, but um, or this coming season, I should say. Um, I definitely could see him staying in California somewhere else. I don't think he's, I don't think he's coming to the East Coast anytime soon, if ever. I have a sleeper pick for you. The Seattle Mariners. I think he could definitely go there. They could, I don't know if they can afford it, to be honest with you. I don't know how much they're willing to blow on a older, nah, I wouldn't say he's older, but like, it's Otani. Mid to late, yeah, I think it's like later 20s. Yeah, it's well, I mean, like, he, like, I mean, extended contract. Like, if he's going to get yeah. older, is he still going to be the guy that he is now? You know? Especially doing I think what that's, he's doing. I think that's a big risk that a lot of teams will take on, no matter who signs him. I think that's going to be, are they going to pay him an absurd, probably record contract for him with the possibility of 
him becoming a one-sided player. I mean, not saying I think he's ever going to be a one-sided player, but do you want to take that risk on a $500 million give or take contract? That is the question. I mean, I wish I was a GM. I mean, I would offer him a couple bucks, you know, two, three. But maybe the Rangers, too. I mean, I could see the Rangers should pick up Trevor Bauer, in my honest opinion. Because if they're loading up to make a postseason run, they should pick up either him, Otani next year, or Trevor Bauer now for cheap. Because like, like Bauer, Trevor Bauer ridiculous. a lot. Not, as, yeah. not his personality. Not as a person, wise. but as a pitcher. Yeah, I don't wanna, I don't, I'm not trying to get the podcast cast with anything. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I definitely think he, he was still in his prime dominant years when all that went down. I definitely think a team would be smart to pick him up. I don't know, man. I just see the Rangers doing that. It's a weird feeling because they picked up the Grom. They got uh, – oh, what the hell is his name? I can't think of it. But him to back up the Grom, if they have a three guy, a solid three guy, I mean, that that's a that's a good rotation. Especially to pick him up for a three or four spot. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. The only I could see him – the only reason, I don't know. what'd you say? Well, the only reason I can't see Otani going to the Rangers is because, because uh, I know that the Rangers also have Jack Leiter and Kumar Rocker in the in their mm-hmm. across, like in their farm system, who are like very good pitchers. They both play together mm-hmm. at Vanderbilt too, which is pretty tough. But I feel like the Trevor Bauer thing that we were saying in the last podcast would also like would be very good for them. Would not also be good for Texas. It'd be also good for Kumar and. Jack to be mentored by Bauer and Degrom, and hopefully, them two could be some could be one of the best pitchers in baseball. Like them, like them two are. Well, well, Degrom is, but like Bauer, Bauer was definitely one of the best pitchers in baseball, in my opinion, when he was in the league. Yeah, absolutely. So I feel like them being mentored by two of the best pitchers that two of the best pitchers in baseball really helped their careers and really showed them. Like what, what? How to throw a hitter off, or like how to, how to, like how to control the game, really. Yeah, I, I think that would be just a ridiculous rotation. Man. I I would hope he goes there. I want to watch that, even though Texas games aren't really on TV. But I think it'd be cool to see in the postseason. Mm-hmm. But we got McCutcheon going back to the Pirates. Is this his farewell farewell tour? I think it is, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. I don't think he has much gas left in the tank. Yeah, I think it is. I don't really think he has anything left to prove. You see a Hall of Famer, in my opinion, it's 50-50. The guy that he won an MVP, he he was a beast on he was a beast on the Pirates. Like a lot of people forget, like the guy was legit on the Pirates. He was he was been around the league, so definitely would age lab with a lot of players you get just tossed around the league. But, yeah, I definitely feel like this will be his last year, especially because just because what he did with the Pirates. Like, he was there for seven-plus years. He dominated there, won a, won a MVP there, made took them to the postseason multiple times. Like, I really do think this is where he hangs up the cleats just because this Pittsburgh means so much to him and, and uh, he means so much to Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean, I, I grew up watching McCutcheon on the Pirates when I was younger. I first started watching baseball. I, I always liked McCutcheon. You never heard anything 
bad about him. He's always a great player. I mean, even now, he's still not a bad player. He's just also getting up there in age. Um, like Eddie said, came in with the Pirates for what was it seven years or so. Took him to the postseason. I, I don't know. I think this would be kind of like the uh, Albert Pujols thing. Go back to your your hometown for one last ride. I mean, I definitely think he deserves proper farewell to the Pirates. I also heard that he's in the, like, they get, I heard that because the Mets were having conversations with him, but he was guaranteed more playing time in Pittsburgh. So I also feel like that's the reason he's also going to retire because, like, he knows since this is his last year he wants to play. Because I've seen that on their projected lineup, he's going to be the starting left fielder for them, which normally he's just a utility player as a DH off the bench or like a, uh, sorry, a pinch hitter off the bench against lefties or a DH. So I feel like since he knows that this is going to be his last year, he's going to want to ball out, show people that, show people what he still has in the tank. And then after this year with Pittsburgh, because I don't feel. I feel like he went there because he he's not really expecting anything from Pittsburgh. You know what I mean? Like he's not expecting to reach October. He's just really going out there to play his one last year in the pits in the city that he grew up playing in, which is Pittsburgh. Yeah, I know a lot of yeah. the Pittsburgh fans still welcome welcome him back with open arms. I mean, obviously, almost every Pittsburgh fan I know loved him, so I think they're glad to see him back as well. I really don't think a single person doesn't like McCutcheon because he was awesome with the Phillies. He is. I mean, he was just fun to watch all around on the base pads, hitting everything. But we also see videos of him from the dugout. He he knew how to have fun in the dugout as well. Yeah. When he tore his uh, ACL, I mean, he was chilling in there with his shirt buttoned open and that maroon jersey. I mean, he was just hanging out like he was just a fan, you know. Uh, I love seeing that. Players being fans of the game is probably one of the best, one of the best things to watch. But uh, do you guys have anything else? I mean, uh, boy, our longest episode yet, episode six, man. Working pretty good today. No, I think I think we covered everything really well. I think we hit everything pretty pretty good too. I mean, got a lot of good discussions out of everything. Got a lot of different back and forth opinions on things. Um, I think I think it was pretty good episode. We got spring training starting up next month. Uh, I know Phillies and uh, pitchers and catchers report on the 15th. I'm not sure really about any other team. Really looking forward to that starting up. I think it'll our podcasts will ramp up too, especially with us following our teams. 50 uh, days so until up. World Baseball Classic. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to that too. That's going to be I think uh, Puerto Rico's taking it all. But that's just my, my opinions on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that wraps up episode six of Baseline. Uh, so stay tuned for Philadelphia Sports Radio and the Fade Podcast. Visit our shop. It's in uh, the bio on our Instagram. Uh, we'll see you next week. Probably talk more uh, free agency. If anything happens, we'll let you know. Adios, guys. Peace. That was sick. Let's go. That was fun. That was yeah, a good was, one. That was, good. That was a real good one. All right. Eddie, go over to Audacity, and you're going to click the square. So that'll that'll end that recording. What, the, the, like the, the, the black square? Up top where you – yeah.